1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com.
2: We've established an audio medium where people are scared to talk. Let's all give Nick Saban three fingers. We apologize. This is the Hawk and Crowder Show. Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Sergey Babamka. John bitch Mark Hockman. That's my top category. I'm newborn. McRib Duncan. So is Argentina close to Germany? Yes. Meow. Channing
0: Crowder. I set my house on fire at eight years old. That's why I got the butt foot. I know how to barbecue. I like my coals hot. You set yourself up as an idiot, you can be an idiot. Alejandro
1: Solana. Hawk, when you mispronounce something... That is better than sex for me. Sports. If I say, I duck and pull a truck. Uh-huh. hug them up. To what? To the truck.
2: Shout out to string
0: I love it when you call me Big Papa. Throw your hands up in the air. If you're a true player. More sports. Man, you 40 years old, Jimmy. Put your meat on the table. Let them know where mama at. Boston, we're coming for that ass. The
2: most sports. Who's bigger, Taylor Swift or Pusha T? The Huckman and Crowder Extravaganza begins now. All right, start out the four o'clock hour. Little cat talk. I mean, it is on the log. A lot of people know this song as the final song from Seinfeld, and it was considered a terrible finale, and so it makes sense because you had a terrible finale for the dolphin season let me get this out of the way honestly hockey fans don't sit this one out when it's game time make celsius a part of your play and get that energy up game day is fueled by celsius essential energy drinks the official energy drink of the florida panthers panthers just lost in overtime you heard it little mlk day afternoon action You had uh, Doug Plagans, Billy Lindsey on the call. Your Panthers schedule for the week. They host Detroit Wednesday and Minnesota on Friday. We'll have a very abbreviated show today, and that's okay. Because we've got an entire offseason to cover everything that we're going to need to cover. Can't wait. Saturday night was not fun. And uh, you can contrast that feeling with the pure unbridled joy that Detroit Lions fans were feeling last night it hit me last night like saturday night i mean it was terrible but then it really hit me last night as i'm watching people in uh, in detroit cry because their team won a playoff game and it drove home just how futile it's been as a dolphins fan for So many years. But like I say, though, we have an entire offseason to discuss the Dolphins. There are obviously significant questions which will need to be answered. Tua, of course, will be the big prevailing question. I will bring you up to speed on what Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel are saying right now during their season-ending press conferences. But, you know, even Mike McDaniel, a second-round um a a, a a second round one exit for him with a team I would argue is stocked full of talent now the defense was banged up and I actually think the defense did an okay job considering the uh the status what they let up 26 points maybe 26 points Hawk I mean, you got to be able when you have a high-powered offense, when you have the number one offense in the league, you got to be able to score more than that in a playoff game. So, I mean, what do you? What do you... seven combined
1: points in the final six quarters of their season—the most important six quarters of their season—they score seven combined points, and that seven was just Tyreek Hill brilliance, outside yeah. of a, a an errant throw, truthfully, by Tua Tonga Bailoa, who threw it short, Tyree came back for the ball, made a play. Outside of that one single play, you had zero points in the final six quarters of your season.
2: So now the Dolphins stand atop the league. It's been almost a decade and a half, two decades and a half, since they have won a playoff game. Which seems implausible based on where we were during this season. Or were they ten and three at one point? Yeah. I mean, it seems implausible that they could crap the bed the way that they did against Tennessee, Baltimore, Buffalo, KC. I mean, just just a brutal, brutal finish. Does it
1: seem implausible to you, Hawk? Yes. Truthfully, does it? Yep. Because the way it I does. the way I felt Saturday night watching that team implode was, yeah, that's uh, that's been my entire life.
2: So i and I'm not this I, this this team felt different. This team was as as exciting as any professional sports team. Like I would put it in top five or top ten exciting seasons that I've ever experienced. And I remember saying throughout the season, you know, it it was like, this isn't a goof. It's not a lark. They're not winning games that they shouldn't be winning, and it's just a miraculous season. They were talented, well-coached, well-quarterbacked, stocked on offense and defense. And, you know, for me, completely implausible that this particular team with a coach who I think is so well suited to do this with this particular team in uh, in this city. And I mean, you can argue where Tua is in the history of Dolphins quarterbacks. It's either two or three. I'm not, I'm not kidding you. Tua is either the second or third best quarterback in Dolphins history. Hawk, come on. Marino, Bob Greasy, Tua, or Tua, Bob Greasy. Come on. Who, who else? Hawk, come on. Who else? I mean,
1: just off the top of my head, somebody that won a playoff game. And I'll go back, I'll look it up, but. I mean, I get what Chad you're saying. Pennington. So you're gonna say Chad Pennington? No, I, I get what you're saying. I understand,
2: I understand your 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 greater point, which is the statistically season correct. Statistically, there's no question he's the second best quarterback in the history of the Dolphins franchise. Uh for me personally, the notion that you would move on from him is absurd. That's my personal thought. I understand people who think otherwise, but they have decisions to make. Now, listen. They don't have to extend him. They can just keep him under the fifth year. I think think he's slated to make like twenty-one million dollars next season. I don't think he's like a rabble rouser that would uh that would uh sit. But then you would risk losing him for nothing afterwards. Um but two is gonna be the big question. For me, you know, again, I know this is a weird day to say it. I saw enough this season to believe that he's the dude moving forward. Um I've Pretty much felt that since they drafted him. and uh, I I I know the players. I mean, we we listened. Uh, it was funny. There's the the media availability today from all the players, and then Tyreek Hill was gaming, and people were <laughs> you know rolling uh, screen grabbing his uh, his gaming exploits. It's so 2024 to me to have a player commenting on the season and the future of his teammates while gaming is he gaming on Twitch I'm guessing Yeah, he's streaming the, uh... live on Twitch, yeah. So, what what is he playing by the way, do you know? Yeah, I think he
1: plays um Fortnite. I'm pretty sure Tyreek Hill plays Fortnite. You have that sound?
2: This is from uh er- this is earlier today, right? Yeah. He's he's just he's shirtless, he's at home, he's gaming, he's talking about The season and to it you're going to hear the video game sounds which is funny to me this is like i i just you know i'm watching it i'm like this is 2024 where you know tyree kill is standing at a locker with barry jackson but then you get the real thoughts you know when he gets home and he pops on the uh the webcam and there he is talking about the season just here's a little clip
0: i know that the season didn't end the way we wanted it to end man but a lot of people, especially in Fan Nation, there are some great things to look forward to coming into the years, man. Coach McDaniel, he coaches his ass off. Still a young coach, still improving each, each and every year. And you know, it's only been two years, and look how far we made it. Like last year, we was number six offense. This year, we're number one offense. And it's gonna continue to get better. Like these things just don't happen out of nowhere. I I, I get it. Like every organization is different. So a lot of people are so quick to give up on, you know, what the Dolphins are trying to build right now. And it's for the future, man. And they got a great coach, Coach McDaniel, So Don't give up, man. Don't give up on tour. Don't give up on coach. Don't give up on just everybody, man, in the whole entire building. Because I see a lot of people, they're like, oh, you need to draft this person. You need to get rid of this person. It's like, bro, like, it's only been two years.
2: There you go. That's uh that's Tyreek. He said, Hey, settle down. Only been a couple of years. We're a good season. Loves McDaniel, loves Tua. McDaniel's.
1: Was, you'd think after year two, he'd learn there's no S at the end of Mike McDaniel.
2: I uh I was looking at tweets from Clay Ferrero from Local Ten. He's at the Chris Greer, Mike McDaniel end of season press conference. Just read you a couple of clay's uh notes. Greer says he met with Christian Wilkins, said they had a good talk. He's happy for him that he bet on himself and won. They'll stay in contact. Uh, Greer, on if this rebuild that started in 2019 is a success, I'd say it's mixed. And I'd say that because it's only year two with Mike. Greer, on Tua and a potential long-term deal, the goal is to have him long-term here playing at a high level. Rear declines to answer if they're willing to hit $50 million a year for Tua.
1: Get ready, Dolphins fans. Get ready.
2: Mike McDaniel asked to assess himself as a play caller and if he would consider giving up that job. Nothing is off the table, he says, Ever says he doesn't want to make an emotional decision now, but everything fell short, including the play calling. I think that's something that should be seriously considered because when he's in a zone and calling plays and they're working, he is phenomenal. But, man, does he make some questionable calls.
1: Hawk, everything should be considered, right? Truthfully, like, everything should be considered. You had a great season, but you ended up in the same spot you've been in for 23 seasons. I think everything should be analyzed, everything should be on the table, everything should be considered. Uh but I do like the fact that he's not just going to come out here and say no. You know, like he's he he's smarter than that to just come out and say no, no, no. I do that. No, I mean he he has to be able to to take a step back and maybe hey, I got to trust somebody else to make those calls um throughout the season because clearly it didn't work over the past two games.
2: This is what I read yesterday. Some notable salary cap jumps from 2023 to 2024 for the Dolphins. Teron Armstead goes 9.2 million to 20.6 million. Teron Armstead talked about retiring today. Said that he thinks about that at the end of every season. And uh, you have the Teron Armstead sound? There's Teron Armstead. Because he was talking about, you know, the thought of retiring. And then he starts talking about Tua and these guys, you know, Teron was super clear. You'll hear it at the beginning. Like he's just trying to win a Super Bowl. That is it. And he kind of feels like this is the right
0: team to do so. I'm chasing a ring. That's the only. That's the only reason I'm playing. I want to. I want a Super Bowl. Win. That's the only reason I'm playing football. You played with so, Drew Brees a lot, and you yeah. know him. Contract
1: here for Tua. Uh, how much belief is there that this team <clears throat> should extend him and that he can be the franchise guy to get you to the promised land?
0: Same thing I said about, about Rob Hunt and, and Connor. It's a no-brainer. It's no brain. I got all the faith in the world in Tua. Like, one is, he's, he's great, man. He's great. You get a lot of criticism and, and flack and, and all those. And that's a part of the job. It's a part of being a franchise quarterback. It's a part of being the first-round pick coming out of Alabama. All of it, you know. You got, you got bright lights. He's been under bright lights for a long time. And he, he handles them. He handles them better than a lot of people i have ever been around. And he will continue to do that. He's going to get better this offseason. He's going to be a better quarterback than he was this year. He's going to be better next year. And that's what you want. You want that progression. You want to see somebody that's really locking in and and honing in on their craft to reach excellence, to reach greatness. That's him.
2: Fun to do the show. It's an abbreviated show, but I'm watching, uh, you know, this Bill's uh, Steelers game is about to get started. I only have one wager in so far. It's a Najee Harris anytime touchdown at plus 170. I sold my Jaime Jaquez Jr. Rookie of the Year bet, I had put $100 at plus $3,000. Over the weekend, it was like plus $7,000. And they were offering me a buyout of the exact $100 that I wagered. So I was like, well, wait a second. I'll take the money back. I'll rebet it at 7000 I think I may have found a glitch in the matrix. They, they were giving you a chance to get your money back? So... It's a live bet because it's rookie of the year, and you know they do a cash out. Right, cash out was one hundred dollars. Wow. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, well, this doesn't make any sense to me because why? Why wouldn't I cash it out if I still think that the ticket is legit? Why wouldn't I cash it out and then just rebuy it at plus seven thousand? So that's what I so I I cashed it out. I didn't rebuy it, and then he went down yesterday. I'm like, well, maybe I'll wait. <laughs> so I well, sold that. But anyway, I have uh, Najee Harris. Anytime touchdown, this game is getting underway at Orchard Park right now. Um, we have a lot to cover today, but only an hour and a half left. And we will get to it all. Then tomorrow, Crowder, me, Javon Holland, who did not play. Obviously, his uh, his injuries were probably a little more significant uh, at the end of the season than, than he let on. Uh, we'll all be at Hollywood Kia tomorrow. Man, it looks cold in Buffalo.
1: You see those people at all. You see these people
2: walking into the stadium today, snow up to their waist. Up to the waist, like trying to get to their seats and just walking through waist-high snow to
1: get there. Football fans are mental, right? Is that a fair statement? Like Football fans will do anything to go watch their team, including sitting in waist-high snow for six hours.
2: I mean, it shows you the power of the NFL because the Dolphins game was on Peacock. It was, NBC has announced, the most streamed live event in the history of streaming. 23 million people watched that game, which was available only, except in Miami-Fort Lauderdale Kansas City, was available only on Peacock. That is power. That's a league that has power. I mean, we uh, we went through it. The top 100
1: rated TV shows this season or this year in the calendar year of 2023. And I think like 96 of the top yeah. 100 were either NFL or college football games. The majority of those football games were NFL games, including the top like three spots.
2: There's my guy, Mason Rudolph. There he goes. Hand Just it give off. Give it Najee Mason. Harris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give it the Nazi Harris. Um... But anyway, we have a lot to get to, but we'll we'll get to it all week. Obviously, like I said, we have a lot of time to just kind of go through everything. And uh, I do again, you know, I know this outrages people. I like Tua, and I hope they extend him. I'm not telling you that I hope they give him three hundred million dollars and uh, hamstring the uh, the franchise for the next five years. That's not what I'm suggesting. I like Tua though. I don't see, you know, if you say to me. I'd rather have Russell Wilson in there or Justin Fields in it. Like you'll have, you'll have some talking points. I like Tua and I like Mike McDaniel, but I cannot come up with excuses as to why this season ended the way that it ended. Mike McDaniel preached all last season, all this season, you have to keep getting better and you got to finish strong. You can't, throw your hands up in the air in December and, you know, wheeze into a finish. And that's what they do and did it again. That Najee Harris. <laughs> I think that was Najee Harris, right? A good little, uh, I oh, do no, That wasn't him. Warren. But I, I, I don't have, I don't have excuses. I don't have the reason. Again, I can tell you, I believe the defense did as well as it could be expected to do with the number of guys who were absent, but the offense is confounding to me, an offense that is that good. It is confounding to me that they could only put up seven points in a playoff game. It's, it's just, it's just confounding. And I don't, I don't have an explanation for it. That's what I think made the loss
1: that much more frustrating because you tell me, hey, seven starters are out for your defense. Seven starters. And you get blown out 50 to 27. Fine. Right? Right, Hawk? Like, fine. It is what it is. It wasn't going to be your year. The injury bug, it just wasn't going to be your year. That's not what happened, man. I mean, you, you, your defense put you in that position to beat Buffalo. Your offense came up short. And then in Kansas City, I'm not saying the defense was outstanding, but... I mean, it was a ball game for three and a half quarters, Hawk. It was a ball game. And the Dolphins' offense couldn't get a first down. They're throwing behind the line of scrimmage on third and long. It's fourth and 16. Fourth and 16. infuriating. And you threw a slant
2: for seven and a half yards. I mean, the offense was anemic. They, they looked like a completely different offense than what we had seen at the beginning of the season. Mike Absolutely. McDaniel looked like a completely different play caller than who we had seen in but, the beginning of the season. But but did did, did did it or did teams figure it
1: out? And it goes, back I don't to, know. it goes back to what Arande was telling us earlier in the season. At some point, you need a plan B. You have to be able to figure out different ways to get your guys open and uh, – I think it may have caught up to them, right? Defenses were able to figure it out because, Hawk, you go back to Kansas City earlier in the year. I know it was in Germany, and I know that adds a certain element to that game, but the Dolphins offense scored 14 points in that ball game, And here you are, 9, 10 weeks
2: later, and you can't even get 14. So what was it? I believe. I believe I read – I'll have to double-check this. I don't know if you saw this. That they did not run a single play Saturday night inside Kansas City's 25 yard line? Nope. I mean, that that's staggering for an offense that's as good as the Dolphins' offense is.
1: Hawk, they were 0 of 9 on third down before they finally got one. 0 of 9 on third down. I mean, come Duo on. Google ran man. for two first downs. I mean, how about that? <laughs> he did. Scrambler. He did. I, I don't um, know. Hawk, j- just to answer your question, by the way, Um, regarding Tua, and I know this is going to be the conversation for the next eight months and probably into next year also, but Dolphins fans that genuinely believe that they're just not going to give Tua a contract at some point, and even if he does play on that fifth-year extension, either way, the idea of getting rid of Tua has to be out of your mind. It it just has to
2: be. I, I, I don't necessarily think people are saying get rid of Tua. I think people are saying, hey, draft a quarterback. Yeah. And and there's an argument to be to be made there. As much as I like Tua, and as much as I hope they extend him and that he's the quarterback for the next five ten years, there's an argument to be made draft a quarterback.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with that though, and I think there's a lot of examples around the league. Right, San Francisco is one of them. They thought they had their guy. They they thought they had their guy in Jimmy G. Well, they they drafted Brock Purdy and they drafted Trey, uh, Lance. Trey Lance as well. And uh, they hit Green Bay. I mean, you on watched one. Jordan Love yesterday. Green Bay Eagles. I mean, they thought they had course with Carson Wentz. They thought they had the next Joe Montana, and he ended up being bad. And guess what? They were drafting guys. Um, so you, there, there's precedent there in the NFL where you just take flyers on quarterbacks throughout the years. But man, I I I can't see a situation where the Dolphins aren't giving Tua a contract, or at least. He's back next season. I, I well, he's I back next
2: season. There's no question in my mind. Yeah. There's no
1: question. I, I but I think there's a lot of Dolphins fans saying, "Hey, Kirk Cousins, hey, Justin yeah. Fields." And and
2: there I, there are there are Dolphins fans who are going to say, "You got to be done with Tua. You have right. got to move on." I don't believe that, and I I don't think there's a chance in hell that that happens. So, um, I I mean, listen, you don't I you don't move on from the quarterback who led the league in passing. Yeah, I mean, you just don't. You don't. You figure out what happened at the end of the season.
1: But what if Chris Greer and Steven Ross are sitting up there saying, hey, that's this quarterback led the NFL in passing, and we had the number one offense in the NFL, and it still wasn't enough to even come close to getting over this 23, now 24-year hurdle that has stood in our way? I mean, I'm just— I, I, again, you, right, it, go get
2: Russell Wilson. Yeah, and I mean,
1: we think. It, yeah, I, mean, it could I, I don't. Happen. I don't want that to happen. I I don't know what I want to happen, Hawk. I don't know. I haven't made up my mind yet. But if not, aren't you doing the same thing you did with Ryan Tannehill? And I think two is way better than Tannehill. Don't I get think me he's wrong. Better than Tannehill for sure. Yeah. He is. But if it doesn't get you to where you need to be, do you want to wait five, six years before you realize, uh oh, we did it again? No, I want to feel like Detroit felt last night. This damn Eminem. Oh. I'm so sick of you, Eminem. You saw him leading the lose-yourself chant? All right.
2: It's amazing. All right, Marshall. uh, People get so annoyed at uh, Taylor Swift. But we can show Eminem 19 times. Nobody cares.
0: (laughs) You're listening to the Hawk and Crowder Show. Oh, no. Hawk
2: and Crowder.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
2: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. I'll give you just for the sake of fun, because we've done it after every Dolphins game all this season when we do 15 minutes of game day uncensored, studs and duds from Dolphins wire in USA Today. Um, I mean, you know, I know how we're all feeling after Saturday's game, but one of the studs they have listed in USA Today is David Long Jr. Miami's offseason linebacker edition made his presence felt on Saturday night as he was one of the only Dolphins defenders who was looking for contact and was excited to hit a Chiefs player in the freezing conditions. He finished the day with seven tackles, one for a loss, but it was his attitude that put him on this list. Here's the dud from USA Today. Team preparation and IQ. Nearly every offensive possession for Miami in this game was marred by some type of mistake that set them back and made things more difficult for them. The Dolphins had eight penalties called on them Saturday, and five of them were on offense. False starts, delay of games, and illegal formation penalties are inexcusable in the postseason. Even on defense, the team had two roughing the passer penalties that could have been avoided and could have kept the Chiefs from scoring back-breaking touchdowns. Back to the stud side, Ethan Bonner. With the injuries in the secondary, Bonner, the undrafted rookie, was tasked with playing his first playoff game, and he didn't look bad. He had a couple of effort plays, including a forced fumble late in the game when most players were just waiting for time to expire. And then the final <laughs> dud, according to USA Today, Cater Kohu. When defensive coordinator Vic Fangio opted to blitz Mahomes It left the cornerbacks in man defense, and Kohu was someone that the quarterback found early and often. He was unable to stick with Rice, who finished the game with 130 yards and a score, or even tight end Noah Gray, who beat him for a 20-yard gain on a second and 10. Man, Um,
1: they went after Kohu all night, man.
2: All night. They went after him.
1: They, listen,
2: I again, I don't... I'm I'm trying not to break down the game as if it was just one game, because no one's interested in this particular game. Like you know, we had the Buffalo loss at the beginning of the season. You talked about well, maybe Xavier Howard. By the way, I don't think Xavier Howard's going to be back with the Dolphins based on what happened in the uh, in the uh, postseason media availability today. <laughs> Xavier Howard thanked the Dolphins and their fans for eight great seasons. Uh, someone asked him. Someone, oh, by the way, Buffalo is beating Pittsburgh seven nothing. That happened right when we went to a commercial break. Buffalo scored a touchdown. Um, Someone asked Xavier Howard, "Would he consider taking a pay cut?" And his response was, "If your job came to you, would you take a pay cut?" <laughs> and it's a fair answer. Great, answer. totally fair answer. We all do whatever we do for for money. Or like Teron Armstead at this point in his career, where he was very clear, like I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. Um, I don't think Xavier Howard will be back. But remember, we broke down games during the season. Here's what went wrong in that first Buffalo game. Maybe Vic Fangio should have used Xavier Howard differently. You know what I mean? I don't feel like doing that from Saturday night because I think you have to look at this season in totality. And I think you have to look at the offseason. Figuring out what went wrong in particular on Saturday night is not going to do much good. Yeah,
1: but what went wrong
2: in particular
1: Saturday Nighthawk has to do with with the part of your team that was supposed to lead you to a playoff win.
2: But I think that was going wrong against Buffalo, Baltimore. I won't put it on them for the Tennessee game, by the way. Now, I, I understand Tua can do more with the offense when he gets the ball, but Tua didn't let up two touchdowns in three and a half minutes in that Tennessee game.
1: But, but, Hawk, I mean, it, it's beyond the loss to Tennessee. I'm, I'm just looking at the last half of the season and the Dolphins offense that was putting up 70 points on Denver, right, and then was dominating against New England. And we know. I mean, the, the narrative about only beating bad teams. We know. But I'm just looking at the last half of the season. I mean, they put up 27 against Tennessee and by the way if you remember how they put up 27 against Tennessee this was a a one score game for three and a half quarters until Tennessee gifted you two touchdowns they gifted Mm -hmm. you two touchdowns so 27 with two gifts they blew out the Jets 30 to nothing that was fun at home they only put up 22 points on the Cowboys five of those uh were came from field goals right 15 of those points came from field goals 19 against the Ravens 14 against the Bills, seven in the final game of the season. Something changed with this offense in the second half of the season outside of a Patriots game in late October and outside of a Commanders game and a Jets game. Three of the worst teams in the NFL. I mean, even against the Raiders, bro. After the bye week, after you lost to Kansas City, you struggled to put 20 points on the board against the Las Vegas Raiders. Something changed with this offense. And I don't know if if we maybe got bamboozled because we saw the 70 points that they put up against Denver and said, wow, they're going to well, do this every I, week.
2: I, I don't know. I do think one of the things that we said, it was kind of a running narrative throughout the season, certainly at the beginning of the season, was, hey, they can hang with any team because they can score points. Right. That was our narrative, right? For a long time, it was, you know what? The defense, because the defense was getting exposed at the beginning of the season. For sure. And we were saying, eh doesn't matter. This offense can hang with anybody. By the end of the season, it was a totally different offense. Yeah, And you do have to question, what happened? Did Tua regress? Did Mike McDaniel's play calling regress? Did the receivers, who were banged up, were they unable to get away from defenders the way that they were able to? The defenses figure them out. Rondé said a million times with us this season, they have no plan B. And that was pretty apparent at the end of the season. I don't know where we go from here. I know we go to the 5 o'clock Funky Buddha happy hour next, and we'll try to uh, try to give everybody an hour's worth of uh, entertainment, and uh, and then we'll move on. Dwayne Wade's getting a statue. We'll get get headlines coming up at 5 o'clock. I mean, how how many days are we going to honor this guy? It's like every event that they honor him at the uh, Kaseya Center is to announce the next time that we're going to give him another honor.
1: Fall 2024, baby. Eight-piece of bronze. Eight-foot-piece of bronze coming right to our doorstep, 601 Biscayne.
2: You're listening to the Hawk and Crowder Show. Oh, no! Hawk and Crowder.